It is almost a year ago that we started looking at knowing God. It was in April. And we looked to start with at many of the doctrines in regard to salvation. And, uh, you know, regeneration, sanctification, all those different words. But we never looked at actual people being saved. And so this morning, we're going to look at briefly... We read about one, but we'll briefly look at different ones that in the scriptures are given and how it happened. Because this is a literal way of what happened to people and how they were approached by individuals or preachers that they might respond to the gospel. And uh, <clears throat> starting this, what do you think is the most important thing for any individual to do in this life? to be born again we just read I mean just sung ye must be born again it's the most important thing I know in the family I was raised in it was emphasized and emphasized and said again and again the reason you're here is to become a Christian that you might go out into eternity with that blessing and not go to the others other side which is hell it's heaven or hell and they're the only two destinies that we as people will face in eternity depends on whether you're saved and that's why Jesus said you must be born again and I like that verse in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13 after all of the life that he'd lived King Solomon said <laughs> And, and these last seven verses of the book of Ecclesiastics lead you into the book of Proverbs, which is before it. You think, oh, it's after it. No, they, they lead you naturally into that. And the second last verse reads, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. That's it. That's a pretty good summary, isn't it? This is the duty of man. Fear God. Get to know God and keep his commandments. For that will give an account as we slip out into eternity upon death. Get to know God. It's not about money, is it? But most people today are making it about money. That is life and eternity. It's not about money. The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some having covered it after, have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It's not about money. You ask rich people. In fact, you see rich people, once they've reached a certain goal, what do they want to do? They reset their goal for more, for more, for more. And I, it's never full. It's never satisfied. We're, we're never content. Doesn't it talk about that in the epistle of 1st Timothy chapter 6 Paul deals with the money side of it you know be content with such things as ye have for he hath said I will never leave you nor forsake you it's not about possessions either <laughs> because the Bible says what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul and the contrast there is between the world and your soul much more important to have your soul going out into eternity in the hands of the Lord than going out into eternity with a death angel that takes you to hell. 
It's not about wives, as some religions try to make it. Because the man that wrote this, <laughs> that said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments, had, according to Kings, 1 Kings 11 and verse 3, 700 wives and 300 concubines. He didn't say that's the conclusion of the whole matter. Hmm. You know, when you've got a few children, even just four children, when one's doing something wrong, you start at the top and go down till you hit that one with their names. Yeah, that one. <laughs> How would he be with all his wives? He wouldn't. I mean, I was in a school of 700 kids. I didn't know all their names, no way. Just let out to know the ones in the class, but this man. Ah, and they led him astray after other gods. It's not about that. That's not what life's about. It's not about power. And there's so many people. Who, who would like to be a politician today? <laughs> no. <laughs> With all the problems that they have to face and all the criticisms that they come under and all the scrutiny by which they're looked at, no, not for me. But people seem to love to be in a position of power. And as King Nebuchadnezzar discovered back in Daniel's day, in Daniel chapter 4, that he'd risen to power and he looked upon Babylon, all the things that he said, look at all the things that I have done. And immediately God smote him and sent him out into the paddock for seven years to eat grass like an ox. Until... He recognised there was a God in heaven that sits on the throne and we must submit ourselves and humble ourselves before him. And so the power thing was nothing. It's the humility before God, coming to know God. This is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments. Let's look at a few of these examples of people that come to know God and when at the moment they did. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God, and I pray that it might speak to our hearts. And Heavenly Father, for the one or several that might be here, we know not, you know our hearts, that is not a Christian, has not believed on the Lord Jesus for their salvation. They must be born again before they slip out into eternity, that they might be safe in the arms of Jesus when they do. Lord, speak to their hearts. Convict them by the Holy Spirit. Lord, it's a work we can't do. We can share this, the word. We can sow the seed, Lord. We can pray and we can water, but you must give the increase. And may that be here today or in somebody listening or in our testimony of a saint this week to another soul that they, they might be saved. Bless the word that it's shared. We pray, Lord, for the protection of the Lewis family in Israel. There are those that don't want them there and don't like what they're sharing, the gospel, the good news, with the people. And I pray your protection and guidance and power to minister. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> How did you, when you get to know someone, get to know them? Meet them on the street, shake their hand or do this, you know. <laughs> you start talking. You ask questions. Develop a conversation. And some people it's easier for you to talk to than others. Well, how do you get to know God? <laughs>
How does he get to know you? He comes talking to you. (laughs) He brings circumstances in our lives. As a sovereign God, he can do that. That gets our attention and saying, listen, (laughs) I'm speaking to you. How do we get to know God and learn about him? How did we get to know God? If we're a Christian, we did at some time get to know. Who was the first one that you know said something to us? Maybe we're too young to remember. Maybe we're like Timothy. From a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. So way back there in Sunday school, dare I say Sunday school? <laughs> Maybe it wasn't back then. They had training for the children. We know they did. That Timothy was taught by his grandma and his his, um, mum how to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. (laughs) That that is said in the scripture. But someone spoke to us. And we, we learnt about God from others speaking about him or from the word of God. If we're older, when we met the Lord Jesus Christ, then it was probably another adult or a tract a sermon from, from a, a preacher or an evangelist, a testimony of someone that had been saved, that you knew before and knew their lifestyle. You saw the change. They had integrity in their testimony, Tony. <laughs> the word integrity used this morning. But we need to have integrity there. They come to know the Lord, as it says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him ah let's seek the lord i pray that you've heard and you've you're saved if you're not listen hard to the message of these the testimony of these people today back in the book of john the gospel of john and let's go to chapter four we read chapter three but there's a testimony of the in the following chapter of a woman of Sychar, a Samaritan woman. And how often did Jews go through Samaria? No, they didn't. (laughs) You know what they did? They walked down from Jerusalem all the way down. I don't know how long it is, but it's over a thousand metres down. It's down. It's not like that, but you... You go down past Jericho and then walked up the Jordan Valley and then climbed all the way back up the hill (laughs) to avoid walking through Samaria, which they could have done on top of the hill. When we were traveling through Samaria, I was driving a car and Andrew says in the back seat, he said, don't stop, go flat out. (laughs) Okay, if Andrew says that, it must be serious (laughs) because that's the West Bank. (laughs) And uh, you don't stop in that area because, well, I wasn't a Jew. I might not have got as much trouble as he was. (laughs) And he's going through that area. They don't like people going through that area. And uh, don't stop until you get to just below Galilee. And then then you're right. (laughs) You're back in on Jewish territory, as it were. But Jesus said, I must need go through Samaria. And can you imagine the apostles? I just think of these things. (laughs) Imagine they're all, you know. 
poking faces behind the Lord. <laughs> no, don't do that. Never been that. I'm a religious, but I don't do that. <laughs> see, they had gone from Galilee. They used to live. They used to fish at Galilee. They see, the easiest, easiest way would be to go to Samaria to get to Jerusalem and worship. And they went round. They went down and back up on foot without a car. Uh, and so the Lord must needs go through Samaria and the, and the testimony is given here and then he stopped and he talked to a woman at a well on his own <laughs> you know it all gets worse as we paint the picture the disciples left and they came back and saw him talking what are you doing Lord he knew what he was doing and <clears throat> This woman was seeking for life, even as the questions started flowing, and 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 the Lord led her with suggestive things to uh, about her life to to open up about her life. In verse ten of chapter four, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman said, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep. From where then hast thou this living water? And it's always good to take a person from where they are and what they're experiencing to what they don't know and what they could experience. You know, ask the Lord to give you wisdom to know where a person is at when you meet them. Talk to them about their life a little to, to see where they're at, their, their, their work or something to get where they're at. And the Lord knew where she was at. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well, and drank from him himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. And the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said, Sir, give me that water. <laughs> she was responding quickly. Now, she was still thinking physical, wasn't she? She was still thinking, give me a drink that I can drink and don't have to drink again. You know, one Coke and that's it. No, one <laughs> cool, clear water and that's it. And the Lord's, no, you're not getting it. So he asked a question, go um, call thy husband and come here. The Lord knew where she was at in, in that regards. Thou hast well said, I have... No husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And uh, this is where that wo the woman eventually said, Come see a man that told me all things that I've ever done. And I'd like to hear the rest of the conversation <laughs> that happened that day. <clears throat> and when the disciples came back, they, you know, eat. And he said, I'm doing the will of God. I'm too busy to eat. He said unto them, I have meat in verse 32 to eat that you know not of. Therefore the disciples said one to another, Hath any man brought him anything to eat? In verse 34, Jesus said to them, My meat is to the will of him that sent me. To finish his work, say not ye there are yet four months of the harvest. But <clears throat> notice here what the Lord Jesus said, I that speak unto thee am he. That is the Messiah. She said the Messiah will come and then he'll tell us all things. And I, can you, can you see the eyeballs of the lady, the Samaritan woman? What? <laughs> I that speak. And, to, and she believed. <laughs> come see the man that told me. 
And they didn't only come and see, but they also believed. In verse 40, So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. Isn't it good to seek the Lord? <laughs> As they did. For, and he abode two days, and many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Saviour of the world. Wouldn't it be great if he was received in amongst the Jews like that? <laughs> he was the, the, the ones that were outcasts of Israel, and they received him gladly. Have you received him? When you've heard the gospel, when you've heard that you need to drink of the water of life, who is the Lord Jesus, I am the water of life. Have you re drunk of him and received him and become a Christian? Been saved. It was simple. She believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the Samaritan woman. We go to the one we read about, and you can see we're not going to get through all these. A master of the Jews, Nicodemus, in chapter 3. Isn't the chapter that this is held in a wonderful chapter? We would be bereft of, of great things if we didn't have John chapter 3. And we didn't, if we didn't have Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a man that was one of the 70 leaders of Israel, the Sanhedrin. Coming to Jesus by night, and some say we're sneaking around at night. <laughs> but at least he came to Jesus. He had heard. He may, maybe had seen a miracle by the Lord Jesus. It doesn't say. <clears throat> he does say, for no man can do these miracles in verse 2 that thou doest, except God be with him. He heard about it or had seen them. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, in verse 3, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. As you know, have you noticed today when you talk to people and you start talking to them, Oh, you're one of those born again people. <laughs> they say that today. <laughs> I've probably been saying it for 2,000 years in the different languages. You're one of those. Yep, <laughs> I'm one of those. Because unless you're born again, you're not going to make it to heaven. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time in? Well, that's ridiculous. Into his mother's womb and be born. Ah, Nicodemus, you're not getting it. Are you a leader in Israel and you don't know these things? Said the Lord Jesus in verse 10. <clears throat> that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit in verse 6. Marvel not, I say unto you, you must be born again. If you're not born again today, you're not going to heaven. If you haven't trusted the Lord Jesus and believed on him to be your saviour and your sin bearer and you haven't repented of your sins, you're not going to heaven. This is a master of the Jews and he didn't understand it. But it's so easy to understand. And those wonderful verses in verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And when, when the Lord was crucified... Who was the first on the scene after the, the Lord died? Nicod no, that was a resurrection. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. They went and begged for the body of Jesus from Pilate, saying, can we bury him before, you know, before the Sabbath? 
And, and, and I'm sure that these verses really hit home to Nicodemus when that happened. As a serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, even so that is back in, when Israel was in the wilderness. And when people were bitten by a serpent, they looked at the, the, the serpent on the pole and they were healed for the serpent's bite. <laughs> when we look at the cross where the Lord Jesus died and believe who he was and what he claimed to be and, and provide for us, we're healed from the serpent's bite, from the devil's bite of death and condemnation. But whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Simple, isn't it? You must be born again. <clears throat> Let's go to Acts chapter 2 now and look at the day the church started and all these people were gathered from all over the world and I think we mentioned this on Wednesday night. They're all gathered there. They were come to worship at Jerusalem from many nations and the Holy Spirit fell upon them on the day of Pentecost. And... <clears throat> Peter, in verse 14 of chapter 2, saw the opportunity. <laughs> and this is the first sermon the church heard. He's standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, Judah, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. These are not drunk, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken through the prophet Joel. And he told us what was said in Joel. <clears throat> and then in verse 21, he said, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He made an application of the truth of the death, the burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus that day. <clears throat> Ye men of Israel, in 22, hear the words, Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, you saw these things. <laughs> him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken by wicked hands and crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. <laughs> Loose from the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden by it. And then he went in to describe. In verse 30, at the end of it, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. <clears throat> and he kept on preaching, but he made application. In verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were pricked to the heart, they were convicted, and, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, the eleven that stood up there with him, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Oh, we have murdered the Messiah. And Peter said unto them, What? Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> and many did. In verse 41, And that day they that gladly received his word were baptized. The same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls from all around the world. These people that heard them speak in their own language and understood the message. But here it's a 
aspect of preaching, the other <clears throat> with Nicodemus and with the woman at the well, it was an individual testimony. Here it's preaching of the word. So there's different methods. One message <clears throat> fits all, but not one method fits all. And this is the method the Lord used to begin the church and save many. Repent, every one of you. And if you're here today and you haven't repented and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe that it's both of those aspects, repent and believe. It's not a work repentance. It's just acknowledging what you've done. If you're not, then you need to repent today. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 21. Then we go over to Acts chapter 3. <clears throat> Acts chapter 3. This is the second sermon that Peter preached. <laughs> and in verse 6, they, <clears throat> Peter and James were walking along and they saw the lame man and they healed him with the power of the Lord. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none. You're begging for money, but I've got none. <laughs> Sounds like a preacher, doesn't it? <laughs> well, some preachers. <laughs> Such as I have give I to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and <laughs> that's better than any money he could throw in his hat. <laughs> that he could rise up and walk and he could go and earn a living then. Uh, <clears throat> he leaping in verse 8 stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And what happened? Everyone's running around. Wow, what happened? <laughs> we know that man. He begs all the time there in that spot. I remember walking up on the Temple Mount and there was beggars everywhere. And Andrew said, no, no, don't. don't. You run out of money before you get off the Temple Mount. I don't think he said that, but <laughs> just keep moving forward. <clears throat> Some of them were pretend beggars. And you could see that they'd put it on, and they put it on pretty thick too. You, you really felt sorry for them, but he said, you walk past and the little kid will sit up straight. And he won't be a heart like that. He, were, he looked like he was dying, some of the kids. But <clears throat> the, the, this man was for real. This man begged. He couldn't do, uh, he couldn't walk. He was lame. And then all this crowd gathered around. <laughs> and Peter saw it in verse 12. He answered the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why you look so earnestly upon us, as though we by our own power or holiness have made this man war. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his son Jesus, whom ye... He, he, was, he was nailing them, wasn't he? Last sermon and second sermon. He was... You killed him. You denied him in the presence of Pilate. When Pilate was determined to let him go, ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. You killed the Prince of Life. Peter was an evangelist, wasn't he? <laughs> when you look at this, evangelist, church, planter, you killed the Prince of Life. He pointed out their sins, whom God hath raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses, and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong by whom ye see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Through ignorance ye did it, but in verse 19, what did he say? Repent therefore and be converted. Repent and be converted. And it goes on into chapter 4. <clears throat> in verse 4, And many of them that heard the word believed, and the number of them was about what? 
5,000. <clears throat> he didn't have a sore throat that day. <laughs> Peter didn't because he was preaching to 5,000 people without a microphone, without anyone to turn him up or turn him off. <laughs> but he was able to pray. The Lord did that from the boat and preached to thousands at a time. And these men, and if you'd been up close when he said the things that he said and you'd been part of the murdering the prince of life wouldn't you feel real convicted because it was real loud <laughs> and he spoke these things in power of the holy spirit and five thousand believed on that day <clears throat> let's turn to first corinthians chapter one and this is what it says about the method that was used in these two sermons is spoken of in the epistle of first corinthians chapter one And these people got saved. 5,000 believed. It wasn't a one-on-one -on -one individual counselling. It was preaching of the word of God and God's spirit moved mightily upon them and in them. <clears throat> and verse 21, we read, For after that in the wisdom of God, by the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the what? Foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. <laughs> The Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God stronger than men. And so great was the response to the messages that were preached on those two occasions. We won't read it, but in Acts chapter 8, there's the one that we read down at the, at the river last week about the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts, Acts chapter 8 and verse 26 to 40, or in, in, in that vicinity there. <clears throat> and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me to be baptized? If thou, what? Believest. And... <laughs> He had just talked about or been reading in Isaiah chapter 53. He's as led as a, a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shear is dumb. He opened not his mouth. Of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or some other man? And Philip the evangelist said, he's speaking of Jesus Christ that was just crucified. <laughs> Buried and rose again in Jerusalem. You've heard these things. And man believed that day, and he was saved. It was a one-on-one -on -one testimony. This was a, an evangelist with an individual speaking. So there's preachers, there's one-on-one, -on -one, there's uh, <coughs> with, with Peter preaching, there's the preaching. If thou believest with all thine heart, have you believed since you heard the gospel? Are you sure... <coughs> As never before, we need to be sure that time is drawing nigh. I think looking around, we can see that time is drawing nigh. <clears throat> Crazy things are happening. Even in our Western world where we thought we were sensible. Go and look at the supermarket shelves. You think, what are people doing? <clears throat> I say, though, after this is all over... Um, There'll be a lot of people not buying sanitizer, toilet paper, <coughs> tissues, 
How full's your bathroom of them? Are you one of those crazy people? You just call me crazy. I've been. <laughs> just enough is enough. And if everybody just did enough, it would go on as usual. But we're all panicking. I, I, I thought, I can't help but think it. Imagine, in the book of Revelation, there's three sets of seven things that are going to happen. And, yet, and there's another one, there's the thunders that are seven of, but they don't talk about them. Seven vials, seven bowls, seven trumpets, and seven thunders. And four, four sevens are 28. All happening in seven years, that's th one every three months. Bang, bang. Big things happening around the world. Decimation everywhere. You think panic now. They'll be pressing the panic button there. They won't have time to get over the one. They won't even bury the dead. It'll be such destruction. That's what the Lord said. And I just believe the word as it's written. That's the bulk of that chapter 6 to 19 of Revelation is all about that. And we need to be ready as never before. Are we saved? Are we born again? Have we believed on the Lord Jesus as these people in response to the message that was given? The Ethiopian eunuch, the Philippian jailer, Acts chapter 16. We will look at this one, Acts 16 and verse 25. Get to know God. Fear God and keep his commandments. And knowing God starts with salvation and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 16, 25, it seemed good. Ah, that's not 16, that's 15, 20. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God and the prisoners heard them. They, they'd been whipped by the jailer. They'd been thrown into the prison unceremoniously. They'd been treated badly and they were singing <laughs> at midnight. <laughs> I like that. I keep company with those fellas. <laughs> Pastor McConnell does too <laughs> at midnight. I don't know if he sings. Sister Vicky would be saying, quiet down, I'm sleeping. But <laughs> sang praises to God and the prisoners heard them. And they're probably, what are they singing about? How can they sing about that and joyfully be when they've just been whipped and they're still, all the, they're, they're just bled and they're sticking to the wall, the blood. And that's, oh, you know, how it is. And, and how can they sing? <laughs> They're saved people. They're, they're praising God that they're fulfilling the sufferings of Christ. <laughs> they're hurting for the Lord Jesus as he went through similar things, a lot worse. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep after the earthquake happened and opened all the doors, he, he sprang out with his sword and would have killed himself in verse 27. Supposing the prisoners had been escaped and his life wasn't worth living. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, you can see him looking out the prison. <laughs> and this man doing that, about to kill himself. He called for a light and he sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. He was convicted already, wasn't he? Maybe he wasn't sleeping when the earthquake hit. He brought them out and said, Sirs, sirs, what did he say? What must I do to be saved? <laughs> How can I get to heaven? How can I have what you've got? Joy in the midst of trial. And what did they say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Isn't that simple? It's not complicated. It doesn't take a long time. It comes quickly. It comes instantly when you believe on the Lord Jesus. 
What must I do to be saved? Believe. You see these examples. One more in Acts. Acts chapter 9. We'll go back a bit in Acts. And there are others you can pull and draw from to see how it happened. And and that was a a group setting, a family setting, really, with with the Philippian jailer, Paul and, and, and Philippian jailer and his family and thy house. But here's a... Uh, a man on the on the way to murder somebody <laughs> and imprison Christians and treat them badly and shamefully. And there's a light that shone from heaven. <laughs> and in verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shone around about him a light from heaven. He fell onto the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? (laughs) Then there's not many of us get a bright light. (laughs) We all get the light (laughs) when we believe. Jesus is the light, isn't he? He's the way. (laughs) And the life, okay? It doesn't say light up there. I'm just checking the verse behind me. But <clears throat> he is the light of the world. And we are to be the light of the world. But here we must have the light before we can be the light. And Paul was walking in darkness until that light shone about him. Maybe you're here today and you're kicking against the goats. A pricks. Farmers know probably what this means better than those that don't go out. When you try to get the animals up the ramp, that's what we used to call it, I don't know if you still call it that, you used to have a sharp stick and it was fine because you're outside the fence, the rails, you don't know, give it really, give it to them, you know, and especially the bulls wouldn't get up in the ramp and didn't want to go into a truck. Or the old cows that knew better you know they know this is not good we've been here before <laughs> and <clears throat> the last time I did it was loading a semi-trailer of old cows at Akron when camp was on I went round I snuck off from camp and went round I heard my brother was loading 40 45 or something into a, a, a double deck semi but trying to get those cows up to the top deck on a long thing and they would just flop down on their on their knees uh, halfway up and you wouldn't get get them up there so what sort of goat have you got today? <laughs> Matthew's smiling. <laughs> yeah, it's like electric fence. And you... <laughs> and you hear them bellow <laughs> and, and carry on. But, it, but even that didn't help get them up. We eventually did get the semi-trailer full. But, you know, some of us are like that. We hear the message. We hear the message. And we hear it again and again at camps, at church, at home. And we kick against the bricks, the goads, the things that are trying to move us in the right direction. And Paul was doing that. And the harder he kicked, the worse the brick got. And the Holy Spirit was not going to let him off the hook. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you haven't believed on the Lord Jesus and he's goading you by his spirit in your heart to do it. Don't fight against the spirit of God. The spirit of God is given, is, is come 
convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. It clearly says that. And that's what he does in our hearts. Trust in the Lord. And yes, we can sort of be goads as Christians in giving the message to people because they're hearing it again. They're hearing it again. And keep doing that. God can use you to win them to the Lord Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in them. And, and Paul's response, he, he knew. He knew straight away who it was. And he used Lord, capital L, what will they have me to do? I know I've been fighting it. I know who you are. I know all about you. I've heard sermon after sermon and I've been there to, and I've heard testimony after testimony of people that I've captured and thrown into prison, children, mums and dads. I've heard it and heard it. So all he had to do was believe it. Won't you believe today and stop kicking against the goad of the Spirit of God? There are those that did kick and we'll just mention these. We won't look them up. And they're at the bottom of the page there. Those who chose not to know God through salvation. If we could call them back from the dead and sit them here today and say, will you believe? <laughs> oh, they would, they would believe before we even said anything. Because they know what it's like to be in hell for 2,000 years. <clears throat> Felix, in Acts 24, what was his response when he heard the message? He trembled. He started shaking. He's shaking in his boots, as we say. These were foreign occupiers of the land that Paul was willing to give the message to. He wouldn't have been if he didn't have the Spirit of God, but Paul was willing for them to be saved too. Gentile overlords, foreigners. If you were in, if, if somebody come and raided Australia and took us over and we were, had to be submissive to their rules, what would you feel like? Would you become a, a, a terrorist <laughs> and start uh, doing things to upset their apple cart? I think we probably would die if we were real Aussies. <laughs> we wouldn't want that. And the Jews were in this position. But here these men were given the opportunity to believe. Paul testified to them and he trembled. And then Festus, what was his response in Acts 26, 24? Paul? Much learning has made you mad. You're off the planet. How many people say that to you when you talk to them? How many of your relatives say, you've gone mad? You've gone, re what do they say? Religious fanatic. Religious fanatic. How many of them say that? that? That's what they're saying. And would to God they would listen, not do what Felix did, not do what Festus is. Thou art mad. You're beside yourself, Paul. You're you, you too much. <laughs> I had one preacher say to me, you're over much righteous. I had a response. The Lord gave it to me straight away. <laughs> and I had a response to that individual. Because I saw they were over much righteous in another area. <laughs> and I was able to use that straight away. And, <clears throat> and they said, yep, yeah, okay. <laughs> At least they were willing to agree. Not with us anymore. But Felix, Festus, and then there's Agrippa. And how he would now regret. In Acts 26, 28, almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. Maybe you're here today and you're almost persuaded to believe. Just believe. We can't make you, but you need to believe. It's the whole duty of man. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8, 
It talks there about those that obey not the gospel and the fiery end that they face for eternity. It's a terrible, terrible and eternal, eternal end for those that don't obey the gospel. It's spoken of in there. It's spoken about in 1 Peter 4 verse 17 about those that do not obey the truth. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 16, they have not all obeyed the gospel, Paul said there. Though their sound went to the end of the earth, they have not obeyed. Few there be that get saved. Straight and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. God is, the Lord Jesus is the author of eternal salvation, Hebrews 5.9. Acts 17, I'm still in the book of Acts, maybe you are, chapter 17 and verse 30. Acts 17 and verse 30, we read there, <clears throat> And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent, for he has a, because he has pointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof we which he hath, sorry, given assurance unto all them, all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. That man is the Lord Jesus, whom has been raised from the dead. He will judge. He will judge. Hear the warning of Paul. And hear the warning, and I believe it is, some people don't believe it, but in Hebrews chapter 6, <clears throat> and those verses where the, Paul is speaking to the Hebrews, and some say they are Christians, so it doesn't make sense what I'm saying here. But I say these people, they fall away. That is the word apostasy. That is a non-believer. <laughs> and in verse 4, we read of chapter 6 of Hebrews 4, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit. He convicted them. You might be like that today. You've been convicted by the Spirit. You've been goaded. You've tasted the word of God about eternal life. The good word of God in verse 5. And the powers of the world to come and the judgment that awaits those that don't believe. If you fall away, if you apostatize, to renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open What a terrible thing to do. But so many do it. Don't believe. There are some testimonies of people that did believe and some that didn't believe. There are the warnings of the apostles of the scriptures that tell us, believe, trust the Lord Jesus while you have life. What is the whole duty of man? To fear God and to keep his commandments. Preach the word. Go out, personally testify, because people can still get saved. <laughs> it, uh, they might be few and far between, and they're more so in third world countries, but can they still be saved today? Yep. Did you get saved lately? <laughs> Recently? Yep. Within the last 10 years? Yep. Larry, did you kick against the goads for a while? <laughs> Ask Larry, I won't tell you his testimony. <laughs> what he wanted to do to Andrew. <laughs> Ask, ask, ask Larry, what did he want to do, Andrew, when Andrew hit him with the, the word of truth? And you know, he's a big man, and I, a little skinny man, turned up in Mount Beauty, and Larry saw me coming, and you know what he did? 
he ran away the other way. He, he, tell, he told me this, I didn't know. He ran around behind the building so I couldn't find him. <laughs> he was hiding. <laughs> I wasn't going to attack him. <laughs> but you can, you can do that, but there's nowhere to hide. You can run and there's nowhere to hide because the Lord is everywhere. Trust him. I invite you to him today. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for these wonderful testimonies we have. And everyone here today has a testimony who was saved and can share what happened to them as they believed. They found... No, the Lord found them. You found them. And they received you. What a wonderful thing it is to know about heaven and the security of it. And Lord... Let us come to the Lord Jesus today and believe and be saved. We ask and pray your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen.